0: a beam of white fire shoots out from this blade and it burns a hole in your ceiling. Mm. Standing on five little stompy fingers is the hand.
1: It's going in her bag, by the way, okay. when she's going about her day because she figures at some point today she'll probably run into one or both of the others.
2: Oh, Alvin, I'm so sorry. Um, you're really barking up the wrong tree here. I'm just... I'm not... I don't think of you that way. I'm really sorry.
0: You see, Meredith.
1: It's that beat of like, well, now what do I do?
0: And now we continue.
2: So Meredith is super distracted. She's got so many things running around in her head. She's got a list of reading, a whole bunch of stuff to investigate. So she kind of just walks in on autopilot and um, and sits down to wait for the others. Because um, I think she's just like, she's kind of half assuming that it's going to happen. <laughs> and so she just sits down and waits for all those others and pulls out a notebook and starts scribbling.
1: I think that's quite a weird thing to potential because normally Meredith is very observant and, like, spots people a mile away. Um, so she's going to go and get herself probably, like, a smoothie? Like, something that feels like you're sort of, it'll get you through the afternoon, but I don't really want to eat food. I want something on the go type food. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not it's not a burger mm-hmm. kind yeah. of day. Um, not no. with the things she's found um, this morning. Mm. Um, and she- Sort of like a
0: fantasy boost juice.
1: Oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking thicker <laughs> than that. I'm thinking like breakfast smoothie, like like uh, more okay. soylent green is elven like type, um, mm. type, type stuff. Um,
2: um, you are welcome. Okay.
1: Um, uh, wow. Uh, I don't know that she probably pays attention to which like standard is. There's probably like a hot, it's like the health food stall, and it's run by a mm, ranger, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. an aged ranger who's. You know, they're peddling the, the benefits of the wheatgrass equivalent. Um,
0: sure. And
1: sure. I think she's going to probably walk over towards Meredith, but very much not engaged just yet. She's doing that thing where you are just trying to size up how someone is because she knows how she left Meredith. She knows that, like, what the two of them had just gone through together the day before. Um, and isn't quite. Mm. It just needs to. It's trying to suss out how Meredith is doing, I guess, um, without necessarily mm-hmm. talking to her immediately. Trying to get some insight into how she's feeling, might I say?
0: Yeah, make an insight check.
1: So, uh, that is a twelve plus. Yeah, twelve plus one, so thirteen.
0: I think you would have a moderate understanding of what's going on with Meredith.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you, you can't. You know, gauge the mm-hmm. full depth of her mind, but you're able to get a glimpse of what's going on. So, so Meredith, describe in general terms how she is currently feeling. What what's going on in, with Meredith?
2: She's got a lot going on in her head. She's tired. She's um, had a, a big meeting. Um, she's kind of just had trying somebody
0: to somebody ask her out.
2: Yeah, she did. She had somebody ask her out, and she had to say no. Um, so she's just got, like, a lot happening and is trying to, like, get her thoughts organised and is a bit frazzled.
1: Okay. I think Potentia's familiar with that kind of feeling, that just, like, generally, like, scattered, but not, like, you know, cast your minds back to when she was trying to get sort out the the clue at the table and neither of Harold uh, or Meredith were actively helping. They were having a conversation in front of her. she kind of gets that, like, sorting out your own brain stuff yeah so i think she probably takes her bag off and slides into the chair opposite meredith Mm -hmm. not saying anything just kind of letting meredith have the brain space that she seems to need Mm -hmm. um at the moment so meredith is
2: yeah meredith is going to do that thing where you look up and like clock the person and then look back down and then go (gasps) oh my goodness and like do a double take (laughs) Um, and she looks up and she's like (gasps) oh Oh my goodness, I am so glad to see you. Are you okay? How are you
1: doing? I'm fine. Uh, not great, as you can imagine. Yesterday was a day. Yesterday uh, was a lot. It was a lot. And, But you know, um, that days pass and we've had big days and we just sort of have to pull ourselves together after after things like that. I think it's less, um, less something yeah. we can speed through, perhaps. I
2: think I think you're right. I just wanted to, to double check and like see how you were going and, and just apologize again. I'm so sorry about your familiarity. It's I not just... your
1: fault. It's not your fault.
2: I know. I know, but I kinda keep going over it in my head and I just I don't know, I just wonder if there was anything else I could have done. Meredith, I just
1: we were fighting a giant arachnid. <laughs> it's very true I don't know that my owl was necessarily in the best place, she doesn't always make the best decisions and you know, you were trying to do the thing to protect the library, to protect yourself, to protect Harold and myself and the others mm. you made a decision in the heat of combat, much as that, it's not a, an area I'm particularly well versed in, I don't think you... Um, I don't think you made a bad choice. So you're not angry at me? Was I angry at the time? Yes. Am I angry now? No, I've had time to think. It's, you know, instant reactions and and uh, yeah. actual reactions are two vastly different things. I think it's worth remembering that, like, familiars can be resummoned as to whether they are the same familiar that they were when they left. Different question, something I'm now intrigued to find out for myself. But you don't get to take that blame. That's not yours. I had her join us. Okay. It's a it's combat. That's how apparently that's how things go according to my family. So, you know, it's not something that you get to you don't get to shoulder this one. Sorry. Not not yours <laughs> to keep. Um, you have to share this one with other people, please and thank you.
2: Okay. Thank you. It's alright.
1: It's not, as I say, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. Your instincts took over. Your instinct was to blast the thing sitting opposite you. It was pretty big, wasn't it? Yeah, not my favourite. Um... No. (laughs) Then again, the golem's not my favourite. Then again the tabaxi with the fireball not my favorite but here i am trying to get my academics done and we keep running into things i don't enjoy quite so much there's been a lot happening over the last month hasn't there yes yes there has
2: do you ever kind of just wonder why us are we just in the wrong place at the wrong time
1: well i mean i'm friends with nora so i think i have a, (laughs) a, a starting point and And you and I mean you are a member of an adventurers guild, and by the sounds of things, have been for a long while. Um,
2: Yeah, but I was part of an adventurers guild in Condwell Grove. Like nothing ever happens there. I think we cleared out some goblins at one point, but that was it.
1: As Harold will tell you, adventurers in this world are exceptional people. They are not normal people, and you know I find myself in leagues with two members of Adventurer's Guilds on a regular basis now. So, <laughs> you know. It is what it is. Surely you've encountered situations where people have ended up in, for want of a better phrase, the wrong place at the wrong time and dealt with it and grown from those experiences, whether those experiences were things that they intended to have or not.
2: Meredith kind of sits and thinks about it for a second and then kind of goes, not really, not really. Nothing that kind of springs to mind. I mean, I don't think you... Condwell Grove, where I grew up, is basically... We're all family. (laughs) Meredith. (laughs) There's only like 50 people there.
1: It's tiny. Meredith, I watched you after the fireball snap into gear of making sure everybody was okay and sorting everything out, which tells me that that's not the first time you've been in a situation where a lot of people have needed a lot of help. Well, that's true. I Those mean I don't, know if you don't come Har- from nowhere. I don't
2: know if you and Harold know this, but
1: I am a doctor. No, I don't think we do know that, Meredith. In fact, I don't think I know a lot about you. <laughs> well, it's not really very much to tell. I did undergrad
2: study in medicine and now I'm here.
1: And why the move away from medical pursuits and into the study of the... Sorry, I get it wrong every time. Helping... People of smaller stature and objects and something. It's it's. I understand conceptually, but I can't put it into words.
2: Oh, no, that's all right. I'm still trying to put it into words myself. Um, Well, I ended up moving to a bigger place and somewhere where, you know, there weren't halflings and I just wasn't used to it. And so I realised, I think I did about two months of a placement and then realised that none of the materials that I was using in the hospital were made for me. And I didn't like that. I didn't think that was right. And I wanted to see how I could help change it.
1: That's fair. That's fair and reasonable. Yeah. But it does sound like those skills come from somewhere and the people that you would have been treating in the hospital or run into in the hospital would have been in situations that they were not used to and never asked for necessarily.
2: Yeah. But I think it's it's odd because it's just never really happened to me, right? I've always just kind of been dealing with it third-hand.
1: Sounds like something a lot of people say when things happen that they don't expect to happen to them that happen to other people.
2: (laughs) Meredith just kind of, like, salutes with her quill and goes, yep, point to Potentia. (laughs) That's very true. And she kind of, like, sits back and folds her arms and is, like, looking off into the middle distance, like, processing
1: what she said. Potentia's going to let Meredith have that processing time because she knows that that idea of, like, it's never going to happen to me until it does is quite a big um, Mm. idea. Um, And she's just going to sort of have a sip on her breakfast smoothie thing. (laughs) Lunch smoothie. Um, And just let Meredith process that for a minute because it it, it is a big idea. Yeah. And then she's going to grab her backpack and just pull it up onto her lap and say... Loath though, I am to add other things to the list of things that we never thought would happen to ourselves, and yet here we are. We need to talk, probably with Harold at some point, about the golem hand. Oh? Yes, it's a little more lively than I would have expected. Oh. Mm.
2: Okay. Uh, what happened?
1: I think that's a story for when we're all together. I think that way I don't have to tell it multiple times, but... Needless to say, it wasn't in the chest where I left it when I got home yesterday. I have it still. Oh no! It is still in our possession, but not for want of trying.
2: Oh well, this sounds fun. Mm, it was a fun
1: time. Yeah, exactly what I wanted after like getting away from that giant spider. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm, yes. Good things that you arrive home to, I suppose. Uh, but hey, at least it was still there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You have all had vastly different yes. nights. <laughs> yes.
2: Meredith, can um, can I just, um, yeah, Meredith just kind of goes, okay, while we're waiting, do you, do you want to hear about Lanwin's latest creation? Do you remember my friend Lanwin?
1: Vaguely. I have a tendency to remember faces and names, but not necessarily combining a, the two. the artificer that I've been working with. Oh, yes. The, the, the yeah. one
0: that brought Jelly's magic yeah, yeah, yeah. beans yes. to the party. Oh, I, yeah, yeah, Oh,
1: yeah. sorry. Context. Kate, the player, knows exactly who Aladdin is. Attention. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Nah. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and then she kind of just starts off with a, um, so this is going to be like a sentence and then we can like fade away. Mm. Uh, but she's like, have you ever seen a giant mechanical crab? Because I have. And I got to tell you, it's something.
1: And I think as Meredith starts with that, (laughs) Potentia's head just sort of rests forward, like on her hands, like because this is clearly something that Meredith loves to do—is tell stories, and so she's just willing to let her have this moment of like self-enjoyment rather than (laughs) you know pushing any more heavy-duty thoughts or whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, And I think we we fade from that conversation. Harold rise at the food court, spots Potentia and Meredith.
3: Probably just go
0: over, say hello.
3: Hey, Harold. How's your morning been? Yes, um, fine. Had to uh, square away a few things. Although, um, I still haven't made it over to the uh, Adventurers Guild. They, um, suppose they want to compensate uh, Meredith and I for the. The quest, as it were. Um, oh
2: yeah, we do need to sort that out.
3: Yes, so that'll be uh that'll be fun. I did have a rather curious evening, but um oh yeah uh, we can get into that another time. yeah, it was uh, very curious actually. oh uh, no,
2: that sounds fun. but uh
3: well, fun is one word for it uh,
0: I, I do H- have, I have some... to ask as well Harold did you did you leave like did you fix? The hole in your ceiling before you left? Or is it if there's if it Hell rains, no. is that gonna be a problem? Yeah, no. Hell no. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I was about to say, uh yes that well, there there's uh there's a hole in my roof. Oh Um
2: That's not idea. I don't suppose
3: either of you No. I don't suppose either of you uh know uh um How, you, big, is the you know, uh, like How big is the hole you know, like mending.
1: Oh, it's a few feet. Uh, yes, uh, a foot or two. Is there a limit on how long things I conjure last for? Yes. An hour. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Um,
1: no, I don't. Uh, I'm not much for mending things. I tend to just, you know, temporarily create things to fix a problem whilst purchases are made to rectify the situation.
2: I mean, I could talk to my friend Lanwin for you. He might know somebody, although he is presently stuck in a crab, so I don't know how much help he'd be.
3: Ah, oh, that's another phrase I didn't think I'd hear this morning. Okay, well, good. Uh,
2: <laughs> Meredith is, like, not, grinning. Not
3: not, not for Lanwin, I suppose.
2: Well, um, I think he's pretty happy, actually.
3: I imagine potential one of your... Uh, one of your companions may know mending. I, I, for you know, it, it's a fairly rudimentary. Uh, it's a fairly rudimentary spell for those who know it. It's just whether one adds it to their repertoire. Uh, I, I know other druids who have done it. I've, well, up until this point in my life, I haven't really been one to uh, destroy things, so I've never really been in need of mending them. Uh,
1: <laughs> well, I mean. When I left the office, though, uh, none of them were there. I believe they're all probably out to lunch at the minute. And um, so I don't know that they... And I don't know if any of them intend to return to the office this afternoon. Uh, we didn't talk about that this morning. Well,
3: no bother. I'm sure I'll, I'm sure I'll get around to it. Uh, do we
1: need to go and get you some supplies, Harold? And we can do a... Maybe not the best of jobs, but I'm sure collectively we could patch a roof.
3: I mean, I think a good umbrella there for now would probably do the job, but
1: sounds like a purchase is in order then well maybe Uh, I suppose uh, I do have
3: to head towards the guild anyway maybe one of the guild members actually would know I'm sure in a building that size someone has to know how to do a simple mend I'm sure guild members help each other out that's half the point of
0: being part of a guild
2: isn't it I don't know
1: Meredith would know more I mean we can give it a go the other option of course is probably someone like your sister would know
0: I expect also guild members deal with collateral damage a fair bit and deal they'll with the, yeah. the fallout from those kinds of things.
2: Most of them have been in the city for longer than we have. I reckon they'll know somebody. Harold, you, your family should know someone, right? Say. Well,
3: I just, you know, would rather not involve them. But um, look, I mean, worst, I'll, I'll, I'll pay a carpenter. You know, I'm not, not above. <laughs> paying someone to do quality work. It's just, I know it's rather simple for people who know how, you know?
1: Yes, well, um, potential's just sort of finishing her smoothie at this point, doing that thing where you, like, tip the cup to try and get the last bits out with the straw. Well, um, that sounds like we have a few things that we need to get done today. Um, and sitting around here won't complete any of those, so... Meredith have you got anything that you need to do from a shopping perspective or a not really at the moment? I'm happy to come
2: for a walk though I need to get out and clear my head. I've had a lot of things shoved into it
1: today. sounds like you had an impactful morning yeah yeah
2: it was it was interesting
3: actually i um I, I talked to Kinlaz and uh he um he has some forms for us, I suppose, to to fill out. Uh what are they? I should well, I I should mention up front that I suppose you don't, strictly speaking, have to sign them, but uh for me personally, I, I decided to. Um I suppose they're sort of indemnity forms from the university. Uh it was founded on you know, legal practice, of course, so it makes sense. But essentially, uh, they're sort of, it's like a one-off payment for the, uh, uh, the sort of danger that we ended up facing on the mountain during that little field trip. Um, I suppose the thing is, is that if we take the payment now, we sort of forego our right to uh, start legal proceedings against the university Uh, I personally had no uh, particular want to do that anyway, so uh, I decided
0: to sign the form.
1: Yeah, I'll sign it. I'll need to read it.
0: So I think, uh, Potentia, you will go through this document. I think... And correct me if I'm wrong, but you are potentially somebody who is quite familiar with documentation and legal. From from where she comes from, this is the kind of thing that she is used to reading through contracts.
1: You don't sign a contract unless you've mm. read it first.
0: Yeah. Um, so it is a like personal injury release kind of form. Like you are waiving your rights to mm-hmm. legal action against the university for events that took place in service to the university for the trip to the wandering mountain and the activities on the wandering mountain. There is a clause Mm -hmm. uh, called the vermin clause, which specifically talks about vermin and vermin adjacent creatures. So that would probably cover the centipedes that you fought, the mechanical centipedes um, as being kind of Mm -hmm. a thing that pops up in these kinds of situations and that there is no compensation for those kinds of it. Uh, creatures there is a section on banditry which there is some compensation that if you are assaulted on your travel to from or at a a location there is some compensation there is uh, something which is called the dragon claws which is that if an event occurs or you encounter a creature above and beyond what is you know a normal kind of thing that there is compensation Mm -hmm. and that would relate to the golem attack and the avalanche and those kinds of things. Uh, And then there is a section called the lycanthropy clause, Mm -hmm. which is about waiving future legal action for something that happened to you while you were performing your activities, which is not immediately apparent, but happens later. And if you wanted to, have the university compensate you for those kinds of situations, like lycanthropy or mummy rot, or some kind of other disease or psychological? Or yeah. You would have to provide proof to the university that those activities directly impacted your your situation afterwards.
1: So, just to clarify, it's like if you you know if the golem hit me hard enough in the head, but I don't know that that's had any impact on me now. I can provide it. I can prove that that's something that's like that's the direct cause of some future problem. I can come back to the university and be like this is here is some evidence to prove that that's what caused it. More compensation, yes, but the points.
0: burden of proof then comes to you. Yeah, it, it would it would fall to you to to prove the link.
1: So I'm not signing away the capacity to seek further compensation for things that have been caused by, but I am signing away for things that I know of right now.
0: Yes, give me a I think this would probably be an intelligence check and you're someone who is very familiar with these kinds of things, so with advantage.
1: 19
0: plus 3 22. Okay. So this the language of this of this legal form gives you the impression that they are paying you off so that you don't seek legal action against them. mm
1: mm-hmm. Mhm
0: but it seems as though the wording implies that it would be difficult to get compensation if future events future things arose yeah specifically that lycanthropy clause Uh, and you would have to sign the individual clauses that you agree to them as you go
1: i mean i'm mostly happy with this I'd, I'd, i'd like to just check something with the with the people in admin if that is all right just to i'm a bit unsure about one of these clauses and its exact intent but Aside from that, I'm, I'm reasonably happy.
0: Um, uh, and compensation will be in the form of 150 gold pieces paid in, in front, like in cash. Yeah.
1: Uh, if, if, if you're happy, Meredith, to sign it, we should return it as quickly as possible. I can quickly ask my question and we can be about our day. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy. I, I mean, Potentius stood up and started gathering her stuff as though to leave the food court.
2: Yeah, Meredith is going to do the same. Packing away a notebook, all that jazz. Unless just.
1: Harold unless she sort of turns to Harold and goes, unless you came in here to get some food, which clearly we can wait. If that's, I mean, it's the food court after all.
3: Uh, I was going to grab something
0: to go if you folks are ready. I uh, I don't mind uh, eating and moving. Right here. The three of you will head to the administration building, uh, a place that you have been a couple of times now, sorting out IDs and getting your stipends from uh, on like a monthly mm. basis. Uh, and you uh, go up to the administration person who informs you that oh give me a moment I just need to get one of our legal advisors in here and there will be a few minutes wait before a woman in a black suit mm-hmm. shows up uh, with like slicked back black hair and she sits down opposite you on the this like very long wide counter oh. that is the administration's like entry desk thing.
1: Sorry to uh to be a bother, I just I just need clarification before I sign something. As you'd be aware, we one must always know what they're signing, rather than just you know read the fine print and so on and so forth.
2: Of course. Can Meredith like nod sagely <laughs> with like a very obvious sort
1: of as if like, she didn't <laughs> just
0: sign it without reading it at all?
1: Uh, yeah. yeah, totally.
0: Yes, your question.
1: Um, just this this clause here. She points at the lycanthropy clause. I just want to clarify whether this means that I s- say. Say an incident did occur, and I was, and I did need to. I just need to know what kind of evidence would need to be provided. Such and 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 whether that payment is something that is included in this front payment. Essentially, it's just a quick clarification, such that I know that I'm know what I'm signing.
0: Mm. Well, I can uh, let you know that there is uh, some compensation has been included, as there are always some potential injuries that result like maybe it takes until winter until you notice that your knee is is a bit of a a bit stiff more than usual and that is kind of taken into account here now lycanthropy mummy rot and similar diseases or afflictions
1: things that are more long-term obviously yes
0: yes there is some compensation if uh, and she will pull out a book a thick leather bound book there is compensation for each individual case Mm -hmm. which is paid at an either upfront lump sum or a, a periodical deposit sure
1: and i just want to clarify that this document that we're signing we're only signing it after the fact because obviously we weren't asked to sign it ahead of time which is a an issue that the university no
0: the document that you would have signed ahead of time would be different than this this is a a waiver indemnity waiver At the end of an event that took place without prior legal certification. Of course,
1: but I would assume that under normal circumstances one would sign something ahead of time for one's own protection.
0: Uh, She looks suitably annoyed. Yes. Good, I'm just clarifying. I just want to make sure that I understand how the
1: university operates, that's all.
0: Please understand my frustration was not with you. It is with whoever authorised such an adventure without legal documentation.
1: Absolutely. I just want to clarify one last thing, which is that this document only applies to this particular incidence of us heading to the Wandering Peak. The us is gesticulated to Harold and Meredith, who I assume are behind her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, and, and not, it doesn't indemnify the university for any other incidents that may occur or have happened on or off university property.
0: No, this is specifically for the activities you took and she looks at the paper at the Wandering Peak on the way to the Wandering Peak and on your way back from the Wandering Peak under the supervision of professors in Laz Kegstone and she'll list the the, the date as well
1: Um, in which case Potentia's going to sign all of the clauses and hand the document over Um, and when they they leave she's going to pointedly have a conversation with Harold and Meredith just before they leave about a couple of things before we exit
0: okay um, fantastic I will get your compensation uh,
1: shortly from the- Can I just before she walks off I'm just going to say oh and um, I believe my friend has one as well such that Meredith can hand those over so that this can all be done in one yes yeah,
0: so of course I can get those all sorted yep. out and have the bursa release those funds to you thank you uh, as she takes the form from Potentia, Meredith and Harold sorry I assumed she- Harold like- handed his in my bad uh, she puts them into a folder, um, walks down the down the administration buildings like hallway that you can see, fixes up her, her vest coat before stepping through a door that she appears to hesitate just for a moment before stepping through. Hello, it is I, Ben, your friendly Dungeons and Doctorates DM, reminding you once again to follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at DN Doctorates, and to use the hashtag DN Doctorates when you talk about the show. If you do, I might use your name for a future NPC. I'm going to be recording this weekend, so if I see you tweeting about the show, I might use your name as an NPC. Who knows? Tweet about the show, tell your friends, spread the joy of the show to other people, and maybe you'll appear in the show as an NPC. We have a message to be read out on this show. This one be read out by Bonin the Librarian, so I'm going to pass it over to him. Thank you, Ben. This message is from Grunkle Dave to Baby Phoenix. Welcome to the world, Phoenix. I am so excited to watch you grow and get to know you. I can't wait for you to join your dad and I game. Sounds like uh, there's a special uncle out there sending DN Doctorates message to a little baby someone. So uh, that's that's awesome. Um, and from myself, and I, speak, I think I speak for the DN Doctorates uh, family as well, welcome Baby Phoenix to the world. If you would like a message to be read out on the show by myself, Ross, Joe, Kate, or one of the characters of the show, like Bone and the Librarian or Gore, you can find the link to our Google form via our link tree on all social media or on our website, dndoctorates.com. I'm really glad that we've gotten to this episode. We had our three individual character-focused episodes, and now everyone's back together. I hope you enjoyed the really focused episodes. I enjoyed making them. Um, If you did, give me a shout-out on Twitter. Let me know what you loved from each episode. Maybe we'll do some more of them in the future. You know, I think they're really great let us really get into like the the detail of of individual characters life and I think we want more of that I want more of that do you want more of that let me know the next episode for the show is coming out next Thursday the 24th of June so keep an eye out for that Uh, I won't hold us up any longer let's get back to this episode
1: right now
2: what was that about? security
1: I assume it's the kind of thing that Potential would have seen back home in terms of the brief pause. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then
0: probably a few minutes later, the administration officer, not that legal mm. person, but the administration officer who you talked with at first, uh, will come by with uh, three, like, coin purses, which have, like, little tags around them with your name attached to them. Uh, and I just need signatures for... Uh, that you have received these payments just so we can have a a documentation of that of course i I assume you all you all signed the like yep i received it
1: thanks can i I just from an interest perspective what do harold and meredith's signatures look like are they like
2: oh meredith is like super loopy
1: yeah
2: and like flourishy
0: harold's is um does it have a star? Does it have like a, a Harold with a star? No, no. So Harold's,
3: Harold's, Harold's signature is very uh, heraldic with an e. It's it's very like like you like you know if if you would look at Harold's father's signature, like what you would expect someone like that. Harold's is also like that. It's very like you know the it's very particular script, but it it's. You would not. You would. It would be unmistakable for someone of status. Essentially, it's very like, you know,
0: mm-hmm. Harold Wentworth, esq, or whatever. You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, what does Potentia's signature look like? Um,
1: then? I think her signature is not written in common because mm-hmm. it doesn't. That would make, make sense. sense to be written in Elvish. So it's written in Elvish, um, and it's fairly illegible. But intentionally so, as opposed to the handwriting being bad. It's the kind of thing where she's mm-hmm. signed her name so many times that it's progressively morphed into something that is clearly an Elvish, but also clearly has morphed into her own. This is a signature, as opposed to it being words on a on a page. Mm.
0: Yep, yeah, yeah. Do you sign? Is it just potential, yes. or is, do so. you have your? F- <laughs> <account>? <laughs>
1: It is um, just, I was just curious. It is, it is like the short version. It's like how she would sign the bottom of a letter rather than how she would sign the bottom of a, like, the contract for her, um... Sure. For something, back sure. home. Order. Um, I just want to mm-hmm. catch the two of them just before we exit the door, just as a little, like, three of us, mm-hmm. and just say, it's interesting that they ask us to sign indemnity waivers for adventures off campus, and yet things like the incident at the Mugby match or all of our assistants in the Under Library go completely unsigned for and uncompensated. Yes. Uh, Potentia, something tells
3: me those activities are a little uh, off the book, if you catch my drift.
1: Were we or were we not, assisting a member of staff with the giant spider in the underlibrary?
3: Uh, I think we were volunteering in that circumstance. If the... <sighs> if the university were to categorise it uh, you know, whereas, whereas, um, you know
0: Harold, Chip- uh, sorry I was going to say that Kegstone had to fight the university to give you this yet to go to them
1: uh, to, to clarify the question she's asking is not about financial payment it is about activities that occur on campus that could cause injury that are not otherwise signed off from a protective standpoint whereby the university could still be sued otherwise that's the point yes making.
3: but i i think that the trip to uh the trip to the mountain was a particular academic pursuit uh off campus whereas i i think from the university's point of view uh, you know there are certain dangers inherent in just you know and being on campus and magic and dealings i i'm not saying it's right i'm just saying i i think the legal boffins probably have their own distinctions you know
1: I'll say that it would be interesting to speak to someone who's a member of the law school on the intricacies of third-party insurance when it comes to the dangers at which students are put on this game. I
0: expect that was quite an argument had by the wizarding school and the legal school when they merged (laughs) about what what constitutes (laughs) reasonable risk Risk. on a day-to-day basis.
3: Yeah. Well, I'll... I'll leave that discussion to you, Potentia. I, I'm not especially uh, interested in all this kind of stuff. I was just happy to, you know, receive a bit of coin and move on personally. But
1: All I'm going to say is, at the moment, it seems that we could die on campus and no one would bat an eye.
3: Well, I suppose someone did, didn't they? That poor fellow with the uh,
0: the face spider, uh, I think. And the person in the under library with the, mm-hmm. the ghost. Mm-hmm
1: that's why she's bringing it up. She's not bringing it up because like it impacts us right now. She's hundred percent being like, but like people have died. We have been in situations where people have died, but yes, perhaps we ought to have this conversation another day with more research in front of us.
2: Can Meredith look up from where she's counting the coins? How much has she got?
0: 150 gold worth of coins. Thank you. I, I love the idea of like Potencia expressing you know the, the her thoughts on the intricacies of, of legality when it comes to these yeah. kind of activities and Meredith <laughs> is just like 98
1: 99 <laughs> whereas
3: <laughs> Harold is just dying, the the others are like
1: yep it's like but that's it's funny because like Mer-
3: <laughs> Meredith is counting the coin and like is just like thinking about the legals and Harold's just like here's some coin don't care how much it is <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, as we can see, we're all three very different people from very different <laughs> places in the world. Ooh. Anyway.
0: Um, so as you're leaving the administration building, you hear some people like running towards uh, one of the fields nearby. You will overhear one of them say, Wizard debate. It's a wizard debate. What on earth is going on? Um, I heard someone say
3: it's a wizard debate. I don't really know what that means, but...
2: Should we go check it out?
1: I suppose so, I mean...
2: Everyone else is.
1: I'm gonna move towards the general direction, but at no particular speed. Mm -hmm. You see there
0: are a crowd of people who have gathered around in a a loose semicircle, around two people who are having a very vocal argument. You will recognize one of them who is dressed in star wizardy robes. Big wizard hat, basically oozing glitter, as Baphnis. Hey! And he is currently having a debate with uh, a man dressed in probably something similar to what Harold's wearing. Very kind of modern, formal kind of clothing. Like a three-piece suit. Who Harold would recognize as Professor Wright. W-R-I-G-H-T. Mm-hmm. Professor Wright who is the professor of modern magics, and they are having a debate, it seems, about what wizards should wear, with Baphnis very clearly in the camp of, I spent all this time being a wizard, people need to know I'm a wizard, so they should fear me in a fight. Whereas Professor Wright is of the camp of, I don't want to announce I'm a wizard until I have to cast a fireball and the crowd of people are dividing themselves into the two camps.
2: Can Meredith um, like turn to the other two and go, we've met that guy, right?
1: Is he not the gentleman with the T? Yeah.
2: What was his name again? Baphnis?
1: Something like that. Yeah. is going to put herself squarely in the middle of these two sides. Just observing to listen to the Mm -hmm. rest of it, but without having picked a side as yet.
0: Harold, what is your opinion of this situation? Well, Harold has no opinion. Like, he's, uh, like, as
3: far as he's concerned, like, you do your own thing, you know? He's not... (laughs) Harold wouldn't be especially, like, knowledgeable on wizarding culture. Like, obviously, he knows about great wizards, but he's not... Like, he he only knows about great wizards insofar as, like, that... He knows there have been powerful wizards through history and that some were adventurers and some have been great like scholars or uh whatever but like when it comes to the actual culture of wizards like he he doesn't really like he's never been involved or like cared to read up about that kind of stuff like he he's just like not really been involved in those kind of affairs so he really Mm -hmm. has no skin in the game at all
0: like fair enough how does uh meredith Feel about Meredith these also two. has no
2: strong opinions, but she's really enjoying the um the fight. Like she's you can see that she's like hanging on all every word and like
0: mm-hmm. it's it's really they enjoying. are like punctuating their points with flashes from like digitation. Like there is some magic involved with their like their their gesturing yeah. and posturing. So
2: she's she's enjoying it more from like a performance kind of side of things.
1: Mm-hmm attention squarely in the middle because she, whilst she agrees that people should be allowed to wear what they want in some respects, it is very much dictated by what society thinks people should wear mm-hmm. as well. There are limits to those mm-hmm. expressions of...
0: Yes, costume. Well, it, it definitely seems as though um, Professor Wright is now trying to argue the point that he wasn't saying wizards can't wear what they want to wear... But that dressing in such a bright and starry, flamboyant manner, uh, traditional wizard garb is going to draw unwanted attention from bandits and, and yep. the like. Whereas Bafniz is definitely arguing that no, dressing like a wizard wards off those kinds of people who would make a start for a, a, a person walking down the street in average clothes.
1: Yeah, I I think Potentia's view is that there are times at which you would want someone to know that you're a wizard and there are times at which you would not want someone to know that you're a wizard.
0: Uh, Whereas Bafniz definitely wants everyone to know that he's a wizard at all times. (laughs) Uh, So much that he keeps, you know, referring to himself as the great and powerful Bafniz. This debate goes on for a few minutes before both combatants... Uh, storm off in their own direct, like either direction, in a bit of a huff, and the students are left kind of debating amongst themselves of who was in the, the
1: who was who in the had right the better
0: argument. Who was? I, I, I was avoiding that one actually, but <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Do I spot anyone I recognise in the crowd?
0: Uh, you do. You spot uh, your office companion, uh, Ren
1: Where is he locationally? Is he, ba- is he team Baphnis or
0: team uh, Wright? Uh, he is in team Team Wright. Okay. Um, he always dresses very like modern city kind of clothing. Um, he's never been someone to really dress in a full wizard yeah. robe. Uh, but he also is somebody who wants to go out and explore and find these old teleportation yeah. circles so he's very practically minded with what he dresses like
1: um, I might wander over in his direction um, more with an intent to see if he knows the mending, spell, mending cantrip rather than necessarily to engage deeply in this debate
0: that's fair uh, he's not currently talking to anyone and he spots you as you walk over Potentia hi
1: afternoon that certainly was lively
0: it's actually not the first time this has happened either those two always seem to get into it. Baphnys is a real traditionalist. It seems he's actually a bit of a bit of a wandering academic. He kind of shows up every now and again, teaches a few classes, and disappears. Yes,
2: I met him
1: on the road at one point. Um, <laughs> an itinerant academic. It certainly seems that he uh, that he has his opinion and is stuck in his way. But you know, different philosophies of magic require different things.
2: Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, yeah. He like crosses his arms, like in, in thought.
1: On the off chance, um, a friend of mine has managed to end up with a slight gap in their ceiling. Um, you don't happen to know how to mend things, do you? I was trying to think of anyone I could, anyone I knew who might be a dab hand at mending. And given your uh, penchant for occasional breakages in the office, I thought I'd ask you. <laughs>
0: uh, I do actually know mending. And I'm not bad with a, a hammer and nail if I need to be. Um, you
1: got any time at the moment, or are you physically rushing around?
0: I do. Uh, no, I. I mean, I don't have a supervisor meeting today, or I. And you like see him like going through a mental checklist.
1: No, I. I, I do have some time um, actually. I'm potentially get a flag over Harold. Yeah.
3: A walk over.
1: Harold, you mentioned something about a hole in your ceiling.
3: Ah, Ren. Yes, um, yes. There's there's a there's a few beers in it for you for sure if you uh, have the time. Uh...
0: Yeah, uh, sure. Um, how urgently do you need it repaired? He looks at like the the cloud cover at the moment, which doesn't look like it's going to rain, but it 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 has that kind of middlingness to it. Well, I, I suppose the sooner the better. But I mean, I'm never one to sort of. Dictate terms when it comes to a favor, of course. Well, uh, I mean, I'm free this afternoon if you if you need the help. Yes, I mean, that um, would be uh, wonderful, honestly, but. Uh, yeah, uh, just let me grab a few things from my office and then I can. I don't uh, I don't know where you live, but yeah, if you want to come with me to my office, we can grab a few things, let's need to grab my bag and then we can head over if he looks at like the three of you i'm sorry did you have something else you were going to do today
1: there are a few odds and sods that need to be done but i don't know if there's i don't know if there's a particular urgency for any of them that's entirely on the other two's time clock really now
2: i'm just tagging along
1: i want to hear this story about how you ended up with a massive hole in your roof yeah i feel like that's a necessary end. i think ren deserves at least that part of the story as well it may help me
0: repair it. And he gives, like, a sly, sly smile. Uh, I think this conversation happens as yeah. you start walking. Back towards our office. Mm. Yeah.
3: Well, the thing is, it's actually um, a little hard to explain in that I don't completely understand how it all happened, but um, there was uh, th- there was this sort of very bright star that sort of appeared to me last night, and I was trying to track down the source using my orb when this very intense sort of ray of, like, radiant light t- sort of came down uh, and, uh, and penetrated my roof. Uh, so... Uh, okay... And- And uh, as you can imagine, uh, that sort of attracted the attention of the city guard as well. So um, I had to sort of tell a half truth, you know, and uh, make that I'd lost control of some spell or other. Which is sort of true, except that's not exactly what happened. But I really wasn't in the mood to try and explain some strange stellar phenomenon to them, you know.
0: Um, Harold, are you purposefully not including the aspects that involved your sword in this story for now yeah <laughs> okay okay um i would let the the two of you potential and meredith roll insight checks to see if you can detect harold is obfuscating something and i will let harold roll a deception check as well because you guys keep you know you, you've kind of got to know each other quite well so I think you're getting better at spotting each other. Not today.
1: Lying. I rolled a four. <laughs> okay. <Not
0: today. laughs> There's a lot on Potentia's mind, I think perhaps. my brain is
1: on what's in my bag rather than anything else. hmm So insight. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes.
2: I got a nine.
0: Okay. Uh, I think that reflects that Meredith and Potentia have a lot on their minds that they aren't Necessarily listening to how Harold is telling the story as much as just hearing his. How words. did that
1: deception check go over there, Harold? <laughs> Thirteen. Nine, nine. Okay. Is, it, is um, it bad that part of me hoped you'd flubbed it? Probably.
0: <laughs> I think you you get to your office space potential, and Ren starts collecting <laughs> his things. Um, this is as far as I remember, the first time Harold and Meredith have seen your little office space. So
1: you've never been here before. Oh, okay.
3: Mm hmm.
0: So there's five desks in this office space. Ren is currently collecting his things at his, which is covered in maps and scrolls and old tomes. There's a pile of books as well, which appear to be on fairy lore sitting on his desk currently. Um, There is a desk that has some some potted plants on it uh, and some very bizarre equations uh, involving like linear algebra and calculus, like some weird kind of mathematics going on with symbols you don't recognize. Um, There is a desk that has multiple piles of, what looks like surveys that have been filled out that someone has been going through and categorizing. And there is a desk that is exceptionally well ordered with only a few books on it and like a selection of very fine quills over in the corner. And then I guess I will let Potentia describe her desk.
1: I mean, the way I think I described it previously is it looks like the kind of place where like, oh yes, someone does work here, but they tidy themselves away and they square themselves away at the end of every day when they're like leaving and not intending to come back for a period of time. So all the books are closed, all the notebooks are closed and stacked and everything is sort of in its logical place. So there is the mug that is sitting on the coaster that is very purposely in a particular part of the desk um, with everything sort of lined out such that you could immediately sit down, grab what you want and get going. Um, It's not, Immaculately tidy, in that there are piles of books and stuff, but those are sorted and ordered, and yeah, mm. the kind of thing that if it was a hot desk, you'd it would make sense. Someone could just sit down there and do their own work, if necessary. And very clean.
2: Um, can, can Meredith just kind of look up at Potentia and go, "Hey, hey, can I guess which one's yours?"
1: She's like grinning at her. So I assume that we're in the doorway. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sure, you can try. Can I like? Do I have to roll anything, or can I just point at the?
0: Well, I think there's probably two desks, desks yeah. that would actually be difficult to determine which In one is such which. Check. I,
1: yeah. such.
0: I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe oh, like no. Pretender is the that kind of person poorly. who has like a terribly messy desk.
1: She does not have a terribly messy desk. We I have established this fact my apartment.
0: Yeah, you got an eight. Um, hmm. A coin, I I you, yeah, <laughs> flip a coin, I guess. Um, yeah, flip a coin. Heads, you guess it. Tails, you don't. A, roll a d d, d six high. Roll a d two. Yeah, flip a d two. Roll D two. <laughs> yeah. Flip a d two. Uh, Ooh, I'm I have one of those. A, I have
2: one too. Where is it? I got a six <clears throat> on a d six.
0: Okay, um, high. You got it. You guess potentials by by mostly luck.
2: Yeah. So you, I, you I go that one, and I pointed it, and I'm like, that one immediately.
1: The dentist is gonna be like, "Are you sure?" Yep. Are you sure? Yep. She's—it's now that like standoff thing of like she's not gonna tell you, but you can guess. But are you right? Because she, like she knows you're guessing. She she yep. knows you're well, be Like <laughs> you you don't know. It's like are a you performance sure? standoff. Yep. Um, she's gonna go over and grab her mug just off death, <laughs> just casually. Yeah. Meredith is like, yes. <laughs> Out of interest, Meredith, how much
2: of that was luck? A true bard never reveals her secrets.
1: <laughs> a true halfling is readable like a book.
2: <laughs> Touche.
0: True halfling is lucky.
1: Yes. <laughs> true up. This is what I was trying to get at. But yes.
0: Uh, Ren comes back. Uh, I've got my things. Um. Onward.